Welcome to the Wisdom for Warriors podcast. On this episode, something's going on in Conway with Daniel Shaw. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Wisdom for Warriors. Um, I'm here with Daniel Shaw. I've known Daniel, let's say, probably about six, eight months now. Yeah, long time. Yeah, go way back. Yeah, all the way back. Uh, we met through a mutual friend at a marriage marriage group. Yeah. Marriage Bible study. Uh, that was a pretty awesome one. Um, and yeah, so go ahead and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, I'm Daniel, and um, people mostly know, for, know me for... Uh, teaching firearms and uh, uh, tactics to armed citizens and you know, uh, law enforcement officers and that kind of thing. But uh, my passion is really in uh, like community service and disaster response and uh, and that kind of stuff. So I, I work with um, uh, a place here in Conway. That's uh, what I moved here for. Uh, we call it Graybeard Forge, and uh, it's where people come in veterans and first responders, and uh, we call patriots or the supporters of those folks uh, come out and train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, fitness, and uh, we do a few other things out there. And uh, also, a big part of that is um, the community service and disaster response. You know, we go help out after tornadoes and hurricanes. And uh, between those, we like to go do community service, uh, cut some grass for some widows or, you know, whatever we find needed to be done, whether it's build a wheelchair ramp or clear somebody's yard out for them. You know, we just, uh, we think of it as a way to, to get access to somebody and we get to go show love to them because that's what Jesus told us to do. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I know um, <laughs> you've had a busy year as far as the disaster relief goes. That tornado season this year was it was busy earlier this summer, yeah, in spring, yeah. Um, I know you, you you all did stuff here. Uh, we talked about it when I was when I had Brian on there. How you guys helped out at the church, and then I think like next day you guys were beating feet out. Um, yeah, we were at, we spent a lot of time out at Win right after Wynn, that. Yeah, yeah. So because that was that was right around the time we had the, our group going on. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so you know that's awesome that you do that, and um, you're a Marine vet, right? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. well, Retired from the Marine Corps as an infantryman. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we just got done with that. Um, I talked about it on my last episode, but uh, with Chad Robichaud, and that was quite an amazing two-day event for uh, spending some time with him. Yeah, and Chad is a super interesting guy. Like just a, a crazy resume, but you know what? What I find most guys that have these insane, like super special ops, JSOC, just tip of the tip of the spear um it, it's it's a way that i usually uh describe the rock stars from the or differentiate the rock stars from the groupies out there there's a lot of people who talk a big game and but those guys that are really the tip of the tip of the spear man they're always super humble super they humble. always are and uh and he is just one of those and just uh, a pleasure to be around and talk to and and learn from man it was awesome great event yeah it was i i'm, I'm really looking forward to looking into or reading his books and then just getting into some of the podcasts and things he's put out because i mean we barely scratched the surface when yeah he told us last night and today um what was the biggest thing you took away from either yesterday or tonight or today from that event man that's a good question you know something's been on my mind recently and i i haven't really heard anybody else talk about it and that alone kind of has bothered me a little bit um, cause I, we're around a lot of, a lot of Christians, you know, I'm around a lot of Christians here in Conway, 
all the time. Um, there's a few people from the military that are Christians and people in the farms industry that I'm close to just from my journey in that and working in that for years that are, that are Christians. But I keep running into these people. There's a couple of different types of, of people that are looking at the Ukraine Russia conflict and looking at the Israeli uh, Palestinian conflict that's happening right now. Um, and I've been really disappointed in the lack of a kingdom view on that. And I've been caught up in this in the past. And I, and I, I was kind of something that was shown to me that was that I, I feel like um, our fathers corrected me on it early on when this started happening with Ukraine and, and the Israeli thing is it's easy for me with what I did in the Marine Corps and deployments and everything to get into this attitude where like, yeah, let's go kill bad guys. Right. right. Like, like, we need to go eliminate these people. We need to go, you know, stop the threat. We need to, we need to go kill this. But what we're really talking about isn't killing bad guys, man. It's a bunch of manipulated 17 to 25 year olds mm -hmm. ran with armies that are proxies that are ran by a bunch of old dudes and women in ivory towers that are extremely corrupt and extremely evil. And they're sending these 18 year old kids off to die to play their game. And those on the front lines don't even know the political ins and outs of what's happening. Just like we don't either. We're just getting fed propaganda, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's easier. And, and Chad talked about that a little bit. Um, and, and what he explained was, was something that I've been uh, explaining in a, a small group that I lead is like, man, I, I want all sides to see the glory of God. Yeah. I want all sides to this to magnify Jesus in a way. Uh, praying for Israel to win is praying for people that, that God loves to die. You know, praying for uh, Ukraine to win is, is saying sort of the same thing for Russia. And like, I, I don't I don't think there's a lot of good guys on either side of, of, of any of these, to be honest. You know, yeah. um, there are some good, obviously, and there's a lot of innocent people that pay the price. And um, and I, I believe that um, none of us, we all fall short, you know, and uh, we're very fortunate to be born where we are. And I, I'm not supporting any side in anything. I want to support uh, Jesus's side yeah. and my actions and the things I talk about and the things that I do. And then there's another group of Christians that are, they're like, they don't even care about the death and the carnage. And this, it seems like the things that they're talking about. And a lot of people haven't seen combat. Like yeah. some of us have, you know, and seen war and devastation and what it really smells like and looks like and everything else uh, and sounds like. Um, so, but they look at this and they're like, Oh, look, Jesus is coming back. You know? And I'm like, man, we still have so much work to be done. Like that's uh, I, I believe that's a selfish mentality you know, that, and I think it's a tool of deceiver, the deceiver, the deceivers use for, for generations. You know, Paul said in these last days, you know, that's, that was a long time ago, right? Yeah. And we're still here doing this. Right. And I think it's a lie that the deceiver uses right now in each generation to say that uh, we're nearing the end. Like you don't have to worry about generational wealth or what about, what about, you know, the monarch butterfly, for example, you know, like they, they, it takes them like four generations to get from Mexico to Canada or Northern United States. And the first generation doesn't get very far. The next generation like makes a lot of babies. And then the next one goes a little bit further. Then eventually they get there. They, they set off on their journey, not even know, knowing that they're never going to make it, knowing that, that generations after them will make it, you know? And so I've been thinking about that a lot um, with this whole, uh, Jesus's return thing and what's happening in Israel and people just getting caught up in like, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. And I think that's a lie. And I think that's a, a tool of the deceiver. This could, we could be tomorrow. It could be a thousand years from now. Um, but what I want to do is I want to get my family 
so much as closer to Jesus as we possibly can. Because my, I think my grandfather got me a certain distance. And then yeah. my father got me a little bit further training me. And somebody along the way broke the curse of us not even knowing Jesus. And that was like two generations ago. And so I want to move my family closer. And then I want my son to move him closer. And I, I want to think of this as a generational thing that we hand down. And uh, if I start thinking that it's going to end in my generation and selfish like ever, and that way that ar arrogantly that everybody else has thought for all of these generations, I don't feel like we move the needle as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? And so I, I want to, I, I don't like that at all. So those are, and he spoke on those things a little bit mm -hmm. uh, in the kingdom view in Ukraine and the kingdom view in Israel. And I told yeah, him last he, night, I really was, appreciated that. Yeah. That was the one thing I, he, he's done stuff over in Ukraine and like uh, his buddy, a reporter asked him like, what, like, why are you here? And basically he was saying, why not? Like, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he asked him, he's like, is it worth it? That one guy where his yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah. and he was like, why does it have to be worth it? Right. You know, <laughs> like, right. He's like, we're doing the, we're doing good for people. Period. You know, Jesus, he said, uh, he said, "There's." He said, "Love the Lord God." He said, "They was getting teased by the the Pharisees, and like they were, you know, trying to, like, oh yeah, well, what's the better commandments than the whatever?" He's like, "Well, love the Lord God with all your heart and all your strength, and love others of you as you love yourself." You know, like okay. th that's it. He said, "There's no commandment greater than these." Jesus said that, right? So like. What so when we start thinking about what am I going to do with my life or what am I going to do with this or or what should I do in Ukraine or what should I what should what should my view be on Israel and in Palestinian? Well, he already told you. Like you don't you don't you you love them, right? Yeah. Like that's it. There's there's nothing else. That's good. Yeah, the one big thing I took away was that a five foot three or four hundred fifty pound man can throw Ryan across the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was actually really, really cool to see. But that was fun today watching everybody because he had a great time too. You could tell he oh, was yeah, really he enjoying was it. it. You know, he yeah. wasn't showing up for a thing and then just bouncing, but he was, he was in it and he was loving people in the yeah. way that he does, you know, on a mat. It was awesome. Yeah. Super cool guy. Now that was the big, one of the big things that I really liked was how he said, if you keep doing something and you're, that's not changing. Why not try something else? Yeah. And that's that's so big. Like, And sometimes it takes those little things that you hear differently, but sometimes hearing it from somebody else with a couple different words can be very profound. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing with his organizations is absolutely amazing. And I feel like just hearing him talk about the love that Rob showed on his first night here when he was sick, like he was showing the love of this community because mm -hmm. like, there's, this community is huge. I told I pulled Ryan aside this morning and I was like, man, you know, I was telling Brittany uh, last night that most of the people at this church to see Chad are here because of you, one yeah. way or another, either because of um, direct invitation or just uh, people you've affected along the way that have brought yeah. other people here. And, <clears throat> you know, that's an amazing thing. Um, so before we get into, you know, what's going on in Conway, Let's uh, let's talk about what what it, what it is you're doing. Is it three days a week there at uh, um, Iron Forge? Yeah, so I do a uh, I lead a workout. So first of all, since in the Marine Corps, I got up early every day for a long time until I retired. Mm -hmm. And uh, so after that, I did not really care to get up super early in the morning. Still and I yeah. <laughs> I still don't love to get up super early in the morning, you know. But uh, I had this group that actually, you know, Ryan. Stevens started a group called Sheepdogs years ago where people would come out and they would do some fitness and some martial arts in the mornings. And uh, 
uh, like one or two days a week, I think it was. And um, this was way before I got here, but he talked to me about it. He said he did it for about a year or so. And a lot of people really loved it. And it's been many years since they've done that. And so when we started talking about start cranking up Greybeard Forge, a lot of folks were asking, are we going to do sheepdogs again? And so like, I, I'm, I like martial arts. You know, I enjoy Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I like Muay Thai. I like boxing. I, I don't love any of those things. I got, it's not something that I want to spend my hours and my days. There was a time in my life where I was like reading and eating and sleeping and breathing Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but like, it, that was like a year and like, I then I still like it, but I don't love it, you know? Right. Um, and uh, so th- I was like, look, I, I'm not going to teach martial arts in the morning, but I believe that we should be strong physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I like something that Chad said. He added socially into that. Yeah. And I think that's so important in his community. And I can do a whole podcast on community. Especially for veterans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and even elderly. If you, like, if you don't have that social interaction, it can really. It's, it's so huge, you know. Yeah. And, so, and that's one of the most powerful things that we've gotten. So I started this thing on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then everybody was like, hey, can we do this on Friday too? And uh, I was like, yeah, we can do it on Friday. So uh, it's at five o'clock every morning here in Conway at Greybeard Forge. Uh, I've got about 20 some people that show up. We've got uh, four families, about six kids, seven kids now that show up and uh, before school and and a lot of individuals that show up. We've got I've got a banker. uh, I've got a judge. uh, I've got uh, an illegal immigrant. Uh, like we, we've got, we've got just a wide range of people showing yeah. up to this thing. I've got an eight year old boy is our, our youngest. Um, and, uh, probably our oldest kid is like 13. And, uh, I mean, we just, we just have this awesome group that comes to all fitness levels, some really super high speed CrossFit ninjas who can just go all out and super strong. And then some people who just have to really walk about everything that we do that involves fast movement um, and just take it really easy, you know, very overweight, but they're working toward it and they're losing weight. People modify exercises for injuries. We just got a, a ragtag group of, of people who are just awesome. And they show up every morning, um, not just for themselves, but for each other. It started out just for themselves, but that's kind of what the magic has been that I didn't design it. Um, you know, God did that. And, uh, uh, he even built our, the, the earth next to where, where we work out. He put a little hill there for us to run up and down. You know, he knew when he created the plan. I was talking about this last week. I was like, he knew when he created his plan that one day we would be here mm. and we would need this hill yeah. for our workout. So he put a hill right there for us. It's not too steep of a hill, but it's enough hill to get a little burn. You enough know, that it sucks a little bit. Yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> and like, uh, and he, he made that hill at the beginning of time because he knew his sons and daughters would show up. Yeah. And, um, and so we, we work out just uh, with sandbags because it was the cheapest way to get weight. And so we've got everything from 10 pounds to like 45 pound sandbags and um, they got the little handles on them. So we can do a lot of like uh, dumbbell and barbell type lifts with them. And, um, and some people don't even use the sandbags. They just do body weight stuff. So not all of it's fine. Um, nobody judges each other because we're all there at five in the morning and the rest of the world isn't. You right. Know? And yes, uh, so they, they, we come and hang out we kind of get in a circle and we do our, uh, our workout, whatever it is. And then um, we do that for about 25 to 35 minutes, depending on what, what workout we're doing that day. And then we have about a 10 minute devotion um, that I, I put together. Usually unless somebody, I, anybody wants to, I always like, yeah, take it, man. It's all yours. Um, so, and there's sometimes where we don't, we don't have a devotion that we go around and just everybody tells them what they're thankful for this week, you know? Um, but as we do our devotion, we, we, everybody gives, if they have a prayer request, we ask for prayer requests. And, and at first there was never any prayer requests. 
Now our prayer request takes about 10 minutes mm. because everybody talks about something they got going on in their life, man. And like, we get to really pray specifically for each other. Um, and, uh, and then we, we do this thing where whatever prayer request we have, like somebody says, I'll take that one. And we, uh, everybody, we don't miss anything because when somebody gives a prayer request, somebody else in the crowd says, I'm going to pray for you specifically. So, uh, when it's time to pray right then, for example, you would pray for whatever somebody's request was. And I would pray for another prayer request. And another person would pray for theirs until we've covered all the prayer requests there. And then, uh, so everybody prays together and uh and we do that monday wednesday and friday man it's the best way to start out a week best yeah. way to start out a day and it's uh it's awesome man the group we've had we've got a little group me chat where something will be happening with their family or somebody will have an emergency or or just a bad day and and people will be very vulnerable and very honest and just post what's happening to them like hey y'all pray for me right now you know or like can anybody give me a hand with this you know and like we've become a a pretty tight group, man, of people who would never really even know each other, you know, or hang out. But right. like, as iron sharpens iron, you know, one man That's sharpens it. another. That's yeah. it. And and I love that so much for different reasons. One, the first um, first aspect is just like Chad was talking about: physical, mental, um, spiritual, and social. Right? You're hitting all four of those right there. Yeah. Right? The physical aspect. I had a doctor shortly after I got out of the military uh, tell me if I. The day I stop working out, my body's gonna start to crumble. No, oh, I, dude, I know my hips are like that. <laughs> if I get weak, my, yes. my hips, I've got, I've got torn labrums in, in bilateral in both of my hips, and like, if I don't keep running and keep working out and keep lifting and keeping my legs strong, especially my hips, like I can't walk at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I, sitting down hurts the worst, you know. But like I've got to keep those muscles strong around my hips and my right knee. Yep. If I don't, man, I'm in pain. That's what I tell people, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm a disabled veteran, you know, like the people that Ryan and I train and stuff. I'm like, like I get you guys may be hurting and you got pains and aches and things. I'm like, I'm a, I'm disabled everything. I've had surgeries, but when I don't work out is when I hurt more. Yeah. And anytime you're like, well, uh, you it know, sounds counterintuitive. Out, it does. But that's but the way yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. God designed us for a reason that way. Right. <laughs> but it's when you start, when you make those excuses, like, oh, well, yeah, this is hurting and I'll maybe maybe another day or when i'm not hurting as much you know you're just prolonging that struggle then you got the mental aspect right to push past that barrier that physical barrier like yep. if you're hurting to have that mental uh you know maturity to go out there and get in that workout like that's huge and plus you always feel better after you work mm -hmm. out mentally whether it's jujitsu you know lifting you know cardio whatever it is you always feel better right then you got that social aspect you're with a group of people um, doing like, like, uh, minded with like-minded people doing these workouts and that's huge. But then obviously that spiritual aspect, bringing Jesus to the center of it, which is the most important thing for any good relationship. And it, I love what you guys are doing out here. I really do. Um, you know, we're, we're really trying to get ourselves out here to Conway, uh, to, yeah, that'd be awesome. Get closer yeah, to this community because, you know, we just have so many people here that love on us from afar, you know, Brittany works out here and everything, but. Man, I feel like I want to tell you something too. Like that's important. That that's been important to me. That I discovered along the way. I didn't want to wake up early. I didn't want to come. I didn't want to. I, I, and I started. I have to put together these three devotions a week, and that's really made me read the Bible more and study more and and learn things and things that I and like kind of get out of my comfort zone in that. Yeah. And and I started looking up like the original Greek and some things in the new Testament and something that I thought was extremely powerful. And that we talked about it a lot since then. And I'm actually working on a t-shirt with it now for our forging crew, but it's, um, 
You know, in Matthew 5, 5, Jesus is saying things like, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, you know, and all that. He goes through all these. And, but Matthew 5, 5, he says, uh, blessed are the meek. And, you know, I looked up meek and I was trying to figure out, you know, what that means. You know, we get this idea of meek today. And um, so I, the, the word for meek is, is preus. Okay. And uh, and preus isn't isn't weak. It's not chill. It's not calm. It's not all the time turning the other cheek and letting them slap the other. You know, it is extreme power under extreme control. Mm. Right? It's like it's it's having. You cannot be preus. What he's telling us to be in Matthew five five and be weak physically, mentally, and spiritually. You cannot be that. That's so, so good. blessed. And so, and I looked up preus in uh, ancient Greek, not just like in Strong's Concordance or any of that, but I was trying to see how it was used back in the back in the day. Uh, Aristotle uh, used it. Um, he did. He wasn't very uh, fond of of, of preus uh, in the in the way he wrote about it, but I forget exactly what he said. And there was another guy, uh, Xenophon. His name is, and um, he was the the guy who wrote the very first book on horsemanship. And uh, he was a fiction writer, too. He was a really interesting guy. He was a military uh, strategist and a leader. And um, he said that the way he used Prius, he was like horses that have been well-trained and worked very, very hard and to a great sweat uh, are, are more Prius around each other. They're more calm around mm. each other. They're more, they're not, a, they don't, they're not as feisty at like dinner time. He said, when you take the men out and you train them for battle, the ones that are the most trained and the most dangerous and the most skilled and the, he used the word drilled. Um, they, they, he's like, those are the ones who are the most Prius. They are not loud trying to fight everybody next to them. It's the ones that, that don't have their anger under control. It's the ones that don't have, they're not as skillful and they feel like they have something to prove. Then they're more aggressive toward each other. But the ones who are the strongest and the best, uh, they are almost always the most Prius, you know? And like, wow. that's why this is outside of the Bible, right? Yeah. This is the same Prius that is in Matthew 5, 5. And, um, and so, and that's what Jesus is talking about. And Jesus is the most Prius man who has ever lived. Right. You know, he could have jumped down off that cross, smote everybody, you know, he could have started dropping bodies. He could have, mm -hmm. he could have restarted creation. He could have done anything, you know, he wanted to, uh, he had, he has, he, all authority in heaven and earth was given to him, all of it, not a little bit. Right. And, um, but he was also so gentle and so in control and had such self-control. So, uh, it's like Jordan Peterson said, you know, it's not, um, without even maybe knowing him, but he, he was describing Preus very well when he said that uh, um, it's having uh, great strength and being very, very, a very dangerous man, but having that under voluntary control. Yeah. That is what Preus is. You cannot be Preus that Jesus is telling us to be right there in Matthew 5, 5 and be weak. You can't. That's, that's, this is what Jesus is saying. It's the word that he uses. And that, that means a lot to me. That doesn't mean you have to go be a, a, a meathead, right. you know, in the gym or anything. But I believe that we should be working on getting stronger. We should be finding a way to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, we should be with a group of people that, that make us physically, mentally, and spiritually stronger together. And we contribute to that group, you know? Man, that is so cool. I, I, um, I got the... How do you spell that for people? Uh, it's, it's like P-R-A-U-S. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Let me know when you, you when can just get, look let up me get one of those shirts when you. Uh... Yeah. Look, <laughs> look up Matthew 5, 5 and uh, the original Greek and you can go down this path with me and then start looking that word up outside of the Bible. Like it, it was super cool when I found it, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's also, in the fruits of the spirit, uh, he uses the word, uh, 
um, um, I can't remember what is it right now. If you hadn't, we hadn't been talking about it and I was just thinking about it, it would have popped in there, but, uh, um, gentleness, I think it is, but uh-huh. the, uh, it, it's the same. When I looked in there, I was talking about fruit to the spirit, like a month later after I first found this Preus thing. And then, uh, there was that word Preus. That was the gentleness, mm-hmm. you know, like it yeah. was, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't being weak. It wasn't being gentle because you don't have the ability to have teeth and yeah. cause damage and hurt somebody. It was being gentle because you, because that's what Jesus told us to do, but you have it under control, but that's you, so you could be the opposite of that. You know, that's so good. So one of the questions I've been asking a lot of my guests is what you think, um, a masculine Christian man looks like, but I feel like a lot of what you just said yeah. covers that. And that is so good. I love that. I'm going to definitely look into that some more. Um, but I, what I want to talk about kind of, let's, let's see, let's talk about how you ended up in Conway and then let's talk about, I want you to talk about what's going on in Conway. Oh, that's interesting. So I try to make this really short in Conway. I was working in Texas and, uh, I was in a good job, man. Best money I ever made in my life. And, uh, but just got to a point where I was really bored and, uh, it was fun when we were growing. But then when I got to the point where I had to just do the same thing every week and we were going to keep making money and I was going to keep making money, uh, completely unchallenged that I just got really miserable and I was looking for fulfillment and looking for something to do. And, uh, you know, I'd always worked in service and I would take weeks off to go deploy for a hurricane with like team Rubicon or just go help somebody when they needed something. And, And I was well outside of the will of God, man. Like I, I had been, uh, in rebellion for a long time and uh, actually been writing something recently trying to, to put all this on paper and understand it. But, um, you know, I was saved as an early age. I accepted, and I hate using the term accepted because that like makes me picture like Jesus is outside with his hat in his hand. Like, will you accept me? But like, I became, I, I believe I came into agreement that he is Lord, you know, he's Lord, whether I agree it or not, you yeah. know, uh, but I came into agreement with that as a, as a young child, but I wasn't discipled well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then as I, I went in the military, I had ups and downs in my relationship, but I, I always defended him and I always, uh, I, I never stopped believing, even though I didn't live it and walk in it all the time. Um, but it wasn't until uh, we left Texas and went to North Carolina to go live in the mountains. And I worked for uh, a nonprofit for about six months, uh, taking learning disabled kids out on adventures and like taking them backpacking for like 14 days. Not like a camp you show up and we play basketball today and tomorrow we're doing this. Like, man, it's like we're going out in the wilderness where there's no handrails, you know, <laughs> it was cool. And, um, but during that time, me and Andrea, my wife started going to a, a, a church there in near Asheville, North Carolina. And, uh, cause that's one thing we decided, like, we're going to get in the church when we move over here and we're going to get in the church. That's going to be our community. You know, we're going to, we, we, I know we need to get back and I need to, um, to follow Jesus. And I, I've, I've been, I was very turned off from the church because what I didn't realize was it wasn't Jesus that I was rebelling was totally, I was doing that too, but I was mainly rebelling against religion mm, and rebelling yeah. against legalism, which is yeah. the way I was very much brought up. Um, and, uh, and so I, we got in that church and had a good group of people. Um, we were both baptized together and uh, hurricane Ian hit Florida. And I couldn't go with Team Rubicon um, to go volunteer to go with them. That's what I usually did. I've been in leadership with them for years, and uh, but they require vaccinations, and it's not something that we chose to do. Right. Um, so I was looking for a group to go down to Florida with, and uh, um, 
I hit up Samaritan's Purse, filled out their thing online, thinking like maybe they're going to do a background check in like two weeks. They're going to let me go. And I was like, I was trying to find, I wanted, I was like, I told Andrea, there was a Sunday church we were at. I was like, after sure, I was like, I've got to go to Florida. You know, like, I, I'm sorry, but like, I'm leaving for a week. My job is probably going to be pissed at me. I was like, but I have to go to Florida and go help out with Ian. Like, I just have just a strong, strong urge. I always love working hurricanes, but like, I, like, I had to go. Like, I was not going to rest. And, uh, Man, Samaritan's person emailed me back like 20 minutes later and called me. And it's like, hey, you're cleared to go. Go on down. You know, you can be there. You can turn to be there tomorrow afternoon. You know, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Usually with uh, other organizations, you got to fill out all this stuff, do these classes, do these, get buy into their culture, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. Man, Samaritan's person was like, get on down there, you know. And uh, so I, I went. And uh, long story short, it was just awesome. That would be a whole other podcast talking about the experience of deploying for a week with Samaritan's Purse. If you ever get a chance to do it, uh, quit your job to go do it. It'll change your life. It'll be amazing. Um, but uh, after a week, I started coming back and Rob Heffley, who had been trying to get me to come work for him uh, in a gun store and ammo business and online stuff for years. Uh, and we almost moved to Conway before we went to North Carolina, but we decided against that. And because uh, it was like the same pay, but the job sounded a lot more fun. And uh, in North Carolina, and but we, I think there was a good reason why I went up to North Carolina to get on the mountain for a yeah. little bit, you know. And uh, we both needed it. And um, Rob's like, "Man, if you could do anything, you didn't have any bills, anything to worry about, what would you do?" I was like, "I would keep driving this van to my house, pick up Andrea and Gunner, and I would turn around and go back to Florida, and I would stay there and keep working until we're done, and in Florida. And then when the next disaster happened, I'd go to the next one, and then the next one, I'd go to the next one, and uh, we'd start rebuilding. Like that's what I would do." And um, he was like, all right. So we talked for a little bit longer and he's still trying to recruit me to come here. And then uh, like a week later, we talk again. He's like, we're starting a nonprofit. We're going to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with Ryan. You know, Ryan's old Marine buddy of mine. We worked together back in like 2005 or six and seven, I think it was, and eight um, in, in Virginia. And uh, so he's like, we're going to start a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and martial arts and this and that uh, thing. And under that, we can put, you know, your disaster organization under there and we can use them to start growing it and everything else. And like, uh, and he's like, we're, we're going to get a building and we're going to open up a gun store and then we're going to have a nonprofit side of it. And I was like, I'm not at all interested in coming working at a gun store, but I'll come help you do this thing online and get it started and everything else. Uh, I was like, but I, I want to work in the nonprofit. I don't like the word ministry. I think it should be like a Tuesday. You know, like that's what our, our life should be every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, like putting a name on that sounds weird to me. Um, I don't need to be like, oh, well, I'm at the ministry right now, so I got to love other people. But I'm going to go home from the ministry, so I don't have to do it as much anymore. So like, I don't like thinking of it that way, right. you know. So it's like, uh, it's like every day, it's, it's, a, it's a life thing. So um, I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Um, let me give me a couple of days, you know. So uh I, we ended up going to the beach with my family and I ended up talking to them while we we're out there fishing and stuff and hanging out. And I got to spend some time with my family. I haven't got to see a whole lot in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and then uh, I was at church on a Sunday and it was like, I just had clarity in a, in, in a, a little small group meeting of like uh, that it, it wasn't that it, it was the right move. It's what we're supposed to do to come down here and and do it and i can't really put my finger on it 
Um, but it was a big decision, and we, we loved North Carolina where we were at. We loved everything about it. We've moved a lot of times, but it was the hardest place ever for us to leave. Usually mm-hmm. places are pretty easy for us to leave, but we still love North Carolina, the mountains up there. Um, but, man, that's why we came down here to help build this. And um, uh, I, I've recently told Rob that I'm going to take significantly less money. I'm going to help him out when he needs it, but I'm going to move off of salary because I want to work uh, full-time for Team Whimsy and for Graybeard Forge and grow both of them because my vision for Team Whimsy is our disaster responses and community services have one of those in North Carolina, in Texas, in Virginia, wherever you are listening right here. I would love for you uh, to be like, hey, how do I do that? Well, hit me up and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, we just got to figure out how to get you some tools and get you some stuff. And you and a couple of friends go find some work that people need to get done. And it gives you access to their lives and go help them do stuff. Just show them love. If you want to pray with them, pray with them. If you want to talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about Jesus. But I bet if you go out there and love them, like he'll come up in the conversation, you know, and uh, that's kind of that's it, man. So that's why we came to Conway and um, we actually just bought a house, which we didn't think we'd do maybe ever. And um, yeah, that's how we got here. How, how long have you been here now? Be a year in December. Yeah. So yeah, we met shortly after y'all got yeah. here. That's yeah. so cool. It's crazy when God puts things in motion, how you can just connect with people. Yeah. So, a lot's happened here. and I've met so many people. And then starting, I didn't know hardly anybody, you know, but then I started a workout thing mm-hmm. and people started showing up, you know, it was me and another guy. And then it was me and two guys, you know, and then it was me and like a family, you know, and then like, next thing you know, there's like 20 people come to our workout thing. Yeah. And so that's, that, cool. that's like how I felt last night. I'm like, I was like, Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know like, yeah, I don't live people. out here, but I know a lot of people out here. And, um, it's a cool community around here, man. It's, it's very interesting. There's a, there's a lot of love. and um, It's not without its flaws, like every place has. Sure. But what I love the most about it is like people are open and they're vulnerable and they're not posing and they're not trying to act like they've got it all together and they're not perfect. Um, man, we I tell people when I invite them to to our, our workout or our, our men's group at New Breed at New Life Church on Tuesday mornings. Um, like, dude, somebody in there is probably going to cry. Some grown dude, some old person is going to cry about something that's happened in their life. We're going to pray for them. Somebody's going to curse. Somebody's going to drop an F-bomb. Like, so it's like it, people are so real. Like, nobody's fake, man. Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to be, wants to better serve each other and uh and magnify jesus and they're not always trying to cover up their flaws they're trying to they're trying to understand him more better you know and like um it's also something i've been discovering is this whole covering up things that we do and hiding our true selves and even self-loathing and shame and things that we're angry at ourselves that's idolatry you know when we're worried about more things that are wrong with us and not what's right with him then then that's that is idolatry. That's putting something ahead of him. And, uh, man, it's like that. I just see so many people here that are, that are like walking in that same kind of mindset that yeah. like, I just can't believe how vulnerable people are and how, how open they are about their flaws and the things that they're doing and things that have happened to them and, uh, the stories that they tell and like, they're not keeping them a secret. And 
because they're airing them out and bringing them to light and then uh, asking for prayer because that's, the Bible says to do that, man. And uh, I just, I've never seen that anywhere that I've been, not even, not even a little bit, much less to the crazy magnitude it is here in Conway. Yeah. So we, you brought it up at Man Alive at the one, our first night's fire. Um, that was your second Man Alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talked about it on a couple episodes now, man. Man Alive is just, um, it's, Again, it's one of the reasons why we're here, like, at least for me, because if Ryan hadn't went, he probably wouldn't have been the instructor he was when I came through the academy. And, you know, somebody that I looked up to, you know, just all the different things. And um, at that fire, you, there was a few guys there from Conway. Um, I think most of us were from Arkansas. And uh, you brought up, you know, there's something going on in, in Conway. You're like, I'm pretty sure your words were, I don't want to call it a revival, but there's something going on in Conway. And it's something that should be expounded upon. Well, I don't, I'm not saying that like I have visions or anything. I wish I had some of those gifts, man, and prophecy and prophetics and stuff like that. Uh, maybe one day. Um, but I, I do have like this feeling that has happened and it started happening uh, a couple of months ago, really with our four, with our workouts that we do that, that group because of the kind of people that are in there that are so highly influential in the community. And, um, and they know everybody and not just know each other as friends, but like, and not just know everybody at one church or know everybody in like one area, but like, like they are prominent figures in the community. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they're not pretending to know Jesus to keep getting elected you know, like they, like whether they're, whatever they do, like Jesus is still, is at the center, you know, it doesn't matter. And, um, I just keep seeing these people and keep and going to these other groups and these, these things that we have, uh, events around here and, and then going to eat and lunch with people and breakfast with people and talking to people. Um, and then all my friends that are outside, cause I got a huge network outside of, of here. And, uh, I talk to them. And they're like, man, I, I want to come see you guys. I want to come hang out with you guys for like a week, you know, because like I just see what you guys are doing and we don't have that here. And like, I, I want to come be a part of it. I've had a, a brother-in-law uh, reach out like um, he, man, he did like, he was in the, uh, he's been in the 101st Airborne for like 22 years, never took like a special duty or everything. He was like an infantryman for the entire time, like in the battalion deploying and everything. And, uh, you know, alcoholism, PTSD, a lot of stuff. And, uh, he's just on the phone crying, calls my wife and, um, was like, man, I don't have that. None of my friends here have that, yeah. you know? And like, like I want to come down there and have that. You know, I want, and we've we just been getting that from family members and a bunch of other people that are just seeing, and we hardly ever put anything on social media, but it's like, we're just talking to them and like little bits, they see it. And, uh, and like, uh, it's making, and people from outside of family are, are talking to us about it. And, um, it hasn't been something we've been trying to do. We haven't been trying to put on a show or anything else. We've just been like, here's how we're loving people. Here's what we're doing, you know? And, um, it's resonating with people out there. Uh, one of the main reasons that when we moved from Texas, North Carolina, that I decided we're going back to church is because the, our generation of kids, I've got a 13 year old, um, that generation, I believe is the most, has the most potential of any generation out there that's ever existed. I don't know why that is, but man, they are just so smart. If you ever talk to those kids from like 
four years old to like 16 right now. Like they're just crazy brilliant, man. They, they see the same things we've been seeing our entire lives, but they do something totally different and they love each other better than we did. You know, like, man, when I was a kid, it was like, at the, the, wanted to smoke all the time, drink. It was all about girls and everything else. And like, they're, they're about creating and, and, and hanging out together and social and like, uh, not being mean to each other. It's like, it's, it's such a, it's such a cool group of kids, man. Like that generation is just, I can't, I can't explain everything, but they're just, they impress me all the time. And when I meet new ones, they impress me different ways all the time. And I think that's why they're under attack so much because yeah. they have such potential. Um, you know, we had all these attacks when we were kids and stuff. And, but man, these kids, like everywhere they turn, they're getting fed with something to try to confuse them. Like the boys think they're girls, the girls think they're boys or to think they're 17 different genders or whatever. Uh, they're trying, they're trying to kill generations. Mm -hmm. They're trying to stop. And everything, every one of their attacks leads directly to death, not even indirectly. It's like a direct death attack. Like if you believe this, death is the result, death of a generation, death of a family name, death of something. It's like, it's, it's trying to end them and suicide so high with these, these kids and um, what's happening out there online with them and everything. Just there's so much to talk about there. Um, and then there were so many polarizing views. And even, even when they were just trying to divide us all through COVID and everything else. They want to divide community. They wanted to end community. They wanted to end families. They're trying to separate everything. And I, I just saw this thing. I've always been a person who fights evil and believes in good, man. And I was like, look, you got to stop straddling the line. You got to stop being okay with some of these things yeah. and okay with some of these. Like you need to pick a side, you know, if you're not for me, you're for, you're against me. And uh, I decided that, you know, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's it. And that was the, because, and part of that, it, it wasn't because of all the good that he's done for me. And I could go on for hours about that. Uh, but I just kind of, well, sometimes we're just like, yeah, whatever, blew it off, even though I knew it was him. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, was, it was because of such evil out there. It was like, I had to draw the line. I had to stop. Uh, I, and I was going down even some paths. And I was like, no, I'm not going any further. I'm turning toward God. And uh and I, I'm going to, and my family is too. And, and that's what we decided to do. And I think that I'm not alone in that. I think that when I talk to somebody about this out there, that's kind of on the fence, that's kind of not sure about this whole Jesus and Christianity thing, or they've got church entity issues from the past, like I had, mm -hmm. and a lot of those things, they're like, they're starting to think like, you know what? man, there's, there's something to this. There's some real evidence out there. A lot of folks believe in God. It's hard to not be in the world and not believe in God, but not everybody's met Jesus yet, you know? And um, I think with all, like every time the deceiver works really hard, he tried to kill Jesus, save the human race, you know? He, every, every time he does something, Jesus, God turns it into something awesome. Mm -hmm. He turns it, he's always let the odds stack against him. And then he, he comes through, you know, every single time. And I think the same thing is happening here. Uh, the deceiver thinks he's getting the upper hand, thinks he's winning and everything, but it's gone so far that our country's beginning to push back. Yeah. That they, they're, they're having to work overtime in the media to make us think that everybody's in support of some of these things when really they're not. And, uh, and they're trying to, they're working really hard to cover up the fact that the majority of the public is not for these things. And, um, I think it's gotten so bad that uh, the people who are normally just kind of leave me alone are now choosing a side and, and standing I, up. I, I can absolutely 
believe with that because I was that way for a long time too. Like, you know, it, if it doesn't directly affect my, my life, my, you know, my household, yeah, whatever, just keep it away from me. Yeah. And unfortunately I, I feel a lot of people feel that way. And now it's like, well, if I don't get, if people don't know Jesus, they're not going to God. Yeah. And you know, that's, you know, I, I didn't know how I wanted to go about this, but I thought, man, I'm, you know, I wasn't even on social media when I came up with this idea for the podcast. I'm like, I don't even have any kind of like, I've got like 500 friends right now nice. <laughs> compared to like the 3000 I had before. Well, you're I about to start media. having to grow social media. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like to just some way to get the word out there uh, to other people, especially men, you know, cause like, you know, we're veterans and it, not knowing how to get help, but also it, having that spiritual aspect is so huge. The help things get so yeah. much easier when you have Jesus in your life. Dude, this is real. It's not yeah. a fake that I could talk to you. I could give you so many examples, even when I denied it, you yep. know, even when I was like, this is, it is, it is. And once, and the further you get into it, the more you realize just like how real it is. You know, in Ephesians, it talks about um, understanding love, not in an academic sense, not in a theological sense, not all these things, but like it's an, it's a, it's a knowledge by experience, by continued experience, continued communion. Right. And it's like it's not it only comes from that. And uh, it's such a powerful thing. Uh, it's something that you can't really even explain and put into words, but it's even more real than words, mm. you know. And um, I think people out there listening, and it, it's very easy. You know, I talked about the transgender thing a little briefly and like the attacks that are used against this generation. And that that scares people away. It turns people off. Their kids are that way. I've got friends that are kids are that way. I've got adult friends are that way. Uh, I, I've got. I've got multiple transgender friends, right? And like, I love them, man. I love all these people. And like, I'm, I'm not mad at any of them. They're, they're living in sin, just like the alcoholic is, mm. just like, just like the, the person who has anger issues is, uh, the person who has self shame all the time or pornography addiction, whatever it is, they're all, it's, it's, we all have our things that we're trying to overcome and, and that's theirs. That doesn't mean like they're, they're not, man, they're welcome. They're, uh, love them just the same and everything else. Um, and I think part of loving them is also communicating truth to them right. as well. You know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. So what, what do you think? Like, what do you have anything in motion right now you want to talk about that to, to expand this thing? You know, cause like you say, something going on in Conway. Well, Conway specifically, you know, like, I guess we, I didn't answer that one directly. Um, man, I just run this all the time. And, uh, I just think because of what I just explained there of, the. Uh, the the very such polarizing views like we need to pick a side i feel like there's a lot of men and women and not just and and there's a lot of men but there's a lot of families man there's a lot of there's a lot of strong women around here that are just man they're they're just go-getters and they are they're just awesome man like they're they're leaders in their communities they're out working all the time doing something uh to serve others and and not for in a self-serving way to like look what i'm doing but like just because that's what they're supposed to just what jesus told them to do you know not because they have to do it you know which is the awesome thing because we don't we're beloved sons and daughters you know um we don't do that when we're performance-based you know um it's not performance-based at all so I, I just see so many people that are not just professing to be christians but are living it and are are doing their best to be disciples themselves and disciple others uh, around here that I think that Conway itself, 
and I, I really believe this is is a place that people are moving to. And I've had another friend who does have some gifts of prophecy um, explain this to me that um, that people are moving to Conway because because the people are going to be used here in a special way and something's starting here. And uh, this was actually in a conversation after what I my feeling because I brought it up to him and he had told another friend of ours this months ago uh, before I got here. And uh, I just added to it, you know, and I, it's exciting because I, I think people are, are coming here and I think people are already here. And whenever somebody else comes new and shows up, we're like, oh, cool. Another one of us. Come on in. Yeah. Here, here's what we're doing. Let's get them all integrated. And uh, we can't wait to see how, how you're used. And we're ready to follow you too, you know, and, and do whatever and support each other and, and come alongside each other. And because we all have different gifts and we all have different, uh, different passions and some of them are wildly different, you know, and uh, it's, I could tell my own story about when I got here and, uh, and God, it may, he dropped tornadoes like all around me. You know, it was kind of wild, yeah. you know, like literally, literally. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, it, but it was, and that, it's been something I've been, I was in Mississippi cleaning up for a tornado when those happened, you know, it was yeah. on the roof of a house. And, um, but man, I just, it's been one thing after another here that the growth that, that we've had here and that we've seen in the people around here, I, I've just got a lot of confidence in, in God. And I, I see the people who are, who are obedient and I think we have a perfect recipe right now. Um, when people hear the truth, they want to hear more. And uh, we got a lot of folks out there that are being obedient and, and speaking the truth here in Conway. And I, I just see it growing through the state and then maybe through the nation. You know, And one of the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do in this is... Uh, and I believe I've been praying for this will of God thing for a long time. I've been working on this for a long time. I've read every book on it there that I can get my hands on about understanding the will of God. And what he ended up told me was like, shut up. You're a beloved son. I told you to love one another. Mm. And he said, if you ain't doing that yet and doing that good, you're not ready for a specific assignment, you know? And that's something that I, I totally believe now, unless I'm loving the Lord God with all my heart and all my strength, like he said, um, and loving others as I love myself and as he loved us, then I'm not ready for a specific assignment. So that's enough. I got to figure that part out first. So that's what I'm trying to do with team whimsy. There's a disaster thing is, uh, is love each other, love others. And then, uh, I want that to spread in other places in Arkansas and other places in the country and just build these chapters out. And I believe we're fulfilling what Jesus said to do in the way that I know how to do it. You know, it's awesome. So uh, real quick, you want to expand on uh, Team Whimsy? Yeah, I'll tell you real quick. So we're uh, teamwhimsy.org. Um, uh, whimsy, like uh, like having some whimsy in your life, you're like on a whim. You know, we don't we don't need a lot of planning. We don't need a lot of notice. Uh, you know, we're we're quick reaction. Uh, I like to think that I was trained to be expeditionary for a really long time in the military, and I I like uh, adventure and I like problem solving. And man, it's like those offer a lot of those things. So we do a disaster response. That's a push to curb, debris cleanup, roof tarping, uh, mold mitigation, and uh, a lot of tree work after disasters. Uh, immediately after the disaster, um, I'm working on getting a little more equipment. I need a little more monetary support uh, for a tractor to really be able to do it. Cause my wife and I just can't do it ourselves, And my the rest of my team that shows up volunteers, um, I need a tractor or a skid steer. Skid steer is a little out of the price range right now. 
uh, for me, but tractors a little bit closer. So uh, we do um, immediate, uh, as soon as a hurricane rolls over, we're parked in there at a church gymnasium or something in a semi-safe area. Hurricane rolls over, we go out and start clearing routes. We work with the local emergency managers um, and to get the plan from them and what we, what they'd like us to do. But we start going and clearing routes so emergency service can get in and out. Uh, there's a 72-hour window that if power is out, uh, superficial win, win, um, wounds on uh, many demographics, elderly and uh, immune deficient and a lot of other folks out there start dying. And uh, there's medications they need to get to electricity and a lot of stuff. So 72 hours is we need to get a lot of things opened up. And there's not a lot of support from the big, big organizations uh, for the first like 96 hours, right? So yeah. uh, we're very small, very mobile, so we can move into a community real quick and uh, and and go in and, and open up a bunch of routes in a small city or a small town or uh, a large area in Florida or, or whatever. We can, we can get a lot of work done in a short amount of time with a couple of crews and some heavy equipment and... Um, and our chainsaw capabilities and our organization and our logistics that we have that, that uh, we have a lot of people, myself and my wife and uh, a lot of disaster work experience and military experience in the military planning process and such that we've got a, we've got a pretty good system of, of getting a lot of work done uh, and taking care of our people and still being able to be there to show well to people. I mean, I, I like it. We're literally cutting and working in a very dangerous area to get to people. You know, yeah. so uh, that it's that early stuff that's a little bit more adventurous, a little more cowboy. But then once that early stage is over, Samaritan's Purse is in there. You know, um, Southern Baptist Convention is in there working. A lot of those other, so we'll team up with them uh, once those other organizations get in there. And then uh, we start getting our food from them and hang out with them and praying with them and to get in our work orders from them because uh, we can handle work order management on a small scale and, um, we can handle spontaneous volunteer management as well to a certain extent, but uh, nowhere near like what Samaritan's Purse can do, you know? So once they get in there, we'll shift gears and just go aid them and assist them. So that's what we do with Team Whimsy. But then uh, between those disasters, um, I, I work with uh, an old folks center and uh, uh, a couple of churches who send me things when widows need their grass cut. I've got a few lawns I take care of now and, uh, we, we built a wheelchair ramp recently uh, for a gentleman who lost his legs to diabetes just because I heard about that. But I'm always looking for more work. I'm always looking for um, more more people that need help because they've lost their whole families. Nobody's around anymore. Nobody cares about them. Their neighbors are just like uh, really mean to them because their yards are growing up. And then like, you know, me and my son will show up, or me and my wife will show up or some other friends and we all wear our red Team Whimsy shirts, you know, and is if we go up and get to meet them and talk to them and fix their yard, solve their problem. And, and they'll, they'll listen to us and they'll talk to us for a little while. And we get to figure out what the problem is. Ask them if we can pray with you. You know, how can we pray for you? We'll see you in two weeks when your yard needs cutting again. And, mm. you know, it's like, it's, it's really cool, man. It's awesome. It's not something that I would love to be able to grow this. That's why I'm saying in every, every state, you know, just getting this bigger, just uh, in a way to organize it. I've got big visions in the future of, of having, People who go online and there's an app and people like, hey, I need help here. And then that gets dispatched to a team, you know, and like uh, we just got a big national network of people helping people and showing love. You know? That's it. Love that. So if anybody wanted to um, volunteer. Teamwhimsy.org. Uh, there's a place to sign up for volunteer. You put in your information and that comes to me. Um, I may not have anything for you. 
Uh, but then again, if a hurricane happens in the area, like out, or if there's a hurricane happening or a tornado and we need support, I'll send out an email. Like, can you get here? I don't have the money to get anybody here right now. You know, like I can't, there's some organizations that help pay for that and that kind of stuff for their organizations. Um, man, we're, we're a small group of friends and family and, uh, but uh, we got a, a, a lot of know-how and, and uh, a lot of friends from other disaster organizations that, uh, that enjoy working with us because we don't have to play by the rules with the big boys. That's yeah. actually why we started <laughs> because um, I got tired of asking permission to do things that should have already been done. So I was like, screw you guys. I'm starting my own disaster organization. Boom. Yeah. And then whenever those things are done, then I'll team up with you guys, you know? So yeah, you can fill it out online. Uh, and if you feel led, if you don't feel like you can go out and do that kind of work or that kind of stuff, man, prayer is huge. Um, we appreciate you praying for us. Uh, there's also a place to give online. I've got a needs page up there for some things that we need. Like I need a hedge trimmer and a weed eater and a couple of trailers right now. And one day a tractor is kind of a big ticket item that I'm working on hopefully before next tornado season i'll have that tractor because that'll that'll help us a lot with capabilities it'll help us. there's a lot of things we can't handle but with the tractor me and my wife could just handle so much more even just us yeah know? that's awesome man i um I make a bigger impact you know? yeah man that's 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 really good stuff man i appreciate you coming on appreciate you sharing i mean you haven't even been here that long and you've already made a huge impact on conway and there's something, I, I do agree, there's something going on here. Uh, and I can't wait to see what's next. Um, if, Me too. And it's it's all at the will of God. And just we got to just keep keeping God and Jesus in the center. And be now we got a podcast coming out of Conway. Yeah. yeah there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff happening, man. That's it, man. Well, brother, if you would, uh, we're going to wrap this up. So if you pray us out, call, call quits. Yeah, I will. Father, thank you for giving us another day, uh, another day like today where we got to socialize and, and have a lot of your sons and daughters together and hanging out in your name with you in the midst. And thank you for being here with us in this podcast. And uh, thank you for men like Paul and with a, a heart that he could be, you know, hanging out, watching football right now, doing whatever he wants to do, doing anything here on a Sunday afternoon. But he's like, you know what, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get out of my comfort zone do something that I don't really even know everything about how to do, but I'm going to learn how to do it um, because he's obedient to you. And uh, I ask you to, to bless this podcast, not just this episode, but everything that it it is on, everything, everyone he makes, everything it touches, um, everyone it touches, every listener out there, that it can just increase his span of influence and every listener is out there span of influence and that we can use it to magnify Jesus and, uh, and everybody to that doesn't know you, they come to know you. And those that do know you, they they come to know you better. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Until next time. God bless.